Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hi, it's Chris and Christina. Today we are joined by Michael Garrick. We met Michael when he was a wee lad in 2008. Michael, introduce yourself to us. We know who you are, but other people don't. Who are you? Yeah, so my name is Michael Garrick. I'm married, I have four kids, and have been living in Portugal since 2009. And my wife and I run a cafe kind of community space over here called The Living Room. And yeah, we, uh, we enjoy being here. So. Yeah, we'll give more information, but you can follow them on Instagram and see what they're doing and how God's using them. And it's it's exciting to watch them. But today we're going to talk about, do you know what we're talking about? How physical fitness connects with our spiritual fitness. Is that fair to say it that way, Michael? That sounds great. Okay. Yeah. So um, Michael and I recently recorded a, an episode of our podcast uh, talking about physical fitness itself. And so today we want to take it into the spiritual side. So Michael, why don't you start us off if you would? Well, let's start off by asking a question. And to keep it simple, we're talking about spiritual fitness. That just seems easier to understand. But why is this your passion, Michael? What what led up to you being so passionate about this? Has this always been something your whole entire life? Why why spiritual fitness? Yeah, I mean, I think the like for me, just the idea of being healthy or what it means to be healthy has always um, been an interest of mine. Just mm-hmm. trying to figure out what that actually looks like. I think we know probably a better idea of what that means physically, but it's a little bit trickier to define spiritually. So just a few years ago, I felt like God was just leading me down a path of trying to figure out what that looked like in my own life. Not only what does it mean to be to be healthy, but if we can do things to promote our health physically, then there must be things that we can do to promote our health spiritually as well. And so just over the course of looking at that, writing a lot, God has really just, I think, shown me that there's a lot of overlap between our, our physical fitness and our spiritual fitness. And, and so, yeah, I think that, I think for me, it was just, it started out as a personal curiosity mm-hmm. and it's, I think it's a good way to uh, evaluate and look at the spiritual side of our life. Well, this comes to my mind, Michael, I want to clarify what you're not talking about today with spiritual fitness is not legalism. It's not a, just a checklist, I believe. I've got to do this, 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 and this. There is maybe some of that, but it's not legalism. Is that fair to say? No, I mean, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. But I think we can we can evaluate our, you can go to the doctor and get a physical and get a checkup and, and see how you're doing. And there are some, some measurements that you can take, and that's not done in a legalistic sense, but that's done in a way to objectively measure your physical health. And so I think there's some things we can do spiritually as well. And I think in the wrong, done with the wrong attitude, they could, they could lead towards legalism. But my hope is actually to use them as a, as a means of just finding freedom. And because it's not, I don't see, I don't see Jesus pushing legalism or a checklist or anything like that. And like you mentioned, Chris, but I do see him holding people accountable. And I do see him having expectations of people. And I do see him challenging people on what they believe and pushing them to to go deeper and to know him more and to trust him more. And so that's more my my heart behind it. And I feel like what God's God's led me to to look at is really more am I being being complacent or being apathetic or am I being growing comfortable 
beyond what God would want me to do? Um, am I actually pursuing loving God with everything I have and loving my neighbor as myself, like, like he's called me to, or am I just kind of going through the motions? Cause the motions are easier, right? It's easier to, to go through the motions or do a checklist, but yeah, I hope that's not, hope that's not where I've landed. <laughs> no, I, I don't hear legalism at all, but just for the listeners, I wanted them to know that because sometimes when we talk about our relationship with God, it can, it can sound like legalism and none of us actually want that at the end of the day. Well, Michael, I want you to jump into, you've written a tool and we're going to leave information at the end of this, how people can contact you, but the spiritual fitness study guide tying in the physical and the spiritual, but can we first define what is spiritual fitness? How do you define that? Yeah. So two, three weeks ago, last time I talked to Chris, he asked me, what is, what is health? What does it mean to be healthy? And the the definition I gave him was to me, being healthy means when your, your body is able to do everything that you want it to do. It's not a limiting factor, but it's actually a, an asset that allows you to, to do the things you want to do. Excuse me. Spiritually, I think it's, I think it's almost the same thing. So I would say spiritual fitness is when your when your faith allows you to love God and pursue God in all the ways that he's calling you to do that. And so your faith is not a limiting factor, but it's actually a, an asset and something that, that causes you to grow and helps you develop a deeper walk and a deeper relationship with, with Jesus on a, on a regular basis. Yeah, that's good. Do you... I know I'm just not asking this. Do you have an example on your own life where you've seen that happen? Where your, 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 your spiritual fitness has been developed in some way? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, the big, the big obvious example is moving overseas. So, and that, I mean, that was 14 years ago. So I don't want to say that's the last time it happened. The easiest one probably though to understand is when God calls you to move overseas. And that's a, that's a step of faith, you know, and that's, a, that's a trust that, Okay, when I get there, God's going to be there too. <laughs> he's, not, he's not sending me to, to go live by myself or figure things out, and not just for me, but for for my family and for for my kids. And that the the expectations or the hopes that I would have for them growing up in the U.S. that He's going to take all of those and He's going to provide something even better. And so I could say that moving over here was was a huge step of faith. And ever since then, it's there's a there's a step every day where God proves himself faithful to, to say, this is the best place for your family. This has been the best place for your kids to grow up, for them to become the person that I want them to become. It's the best place for your, for your marriage to, to thrive and, and to have a healthy relationship with your wife. So all of those things are daily steps of faith. But I mean, that's the, that's the clearest one, I would say the big one is moving overseas, but it's, yeah, it, it, looking back on it, it allows me to, to realize when he asked me to do something now that it's that I can trust him mm. that, that my faith is, or that he's, he's proved worthy of my faith, you know, and not that he has to do that, but um, I think God is, is gracious and, and patient with us. And he, he delights in doing that like a good father. So, so yeah. Yeah, that's good. Let's jump into, again, we'll leave information about how people can contact you to, to see the, the course that you've written, but is there a part of it you want to talk about today, like a tool to the spiritual fitness tool that we can unpack a little bit? Yeah. So I think the basic assumption that I, that I 
base it all off of or, or build off of is that that God wants to know us and that God wants a relationship with us and that God wants to to not only have us know him but but grow in that relationship and to to deepen in that on a regular basis. So I think there's there's things in this world that that point us to him. So creation, all of creation points back to to God and who he is. And that that includes the world of the physical fitness and that includes just the way our bodies work and all that. So I looked at in this tool, I looked at six or seven just common principles of physical fitness that coaches would use with athletes and then tried to carry those over to the spiritual world. One of those would be principle of progressive overload. And so what that is basically is the idea that if you want to get stronger or build your endurance or do anything to uh, develop yourself physically, you have to gradually increase your the resistance that you're working against. And so if you want to run a marathon, you don't just go out and run a marathon your first day. You probably maybe go run, run one mile, get comfortable with one mile. You build up your endurance until you can run two, then you can run four, then you can run five. You know, you build up. Same thing if you're trying to get stronger, you you gradually add more, more weight to the bar so that you can build your muscles and get stronger. Mm-hmm. And, and I think our, our faith works, works the same way. I think God progressively calls us to, you know, we live in Portugal, so the ocean's a big thing, progressively calls us out to deeper and deeper water. Mm-hmm. And so we can trust him with bigger and bigger things. When I was, my kids were younger, and they would like to go up on the steps. I don't know. You guys all have all girls, so I don't know if they did this too. <laughs> Boys are foolish and courageous and stupid all at the same time. <laughs> and so they would, they would climb up the steps and they would just jump. Uh-huh. And the goal was to go to the highest step possible and jump off and let me catch them. Yeah, our girls never did that. <laughs> and and also, so did you say allow you to catch them? Yeah, yeah. They, they knew I would catch them. <laughs> but the goal was to go as high as possible. Mm. And it was, it was two things. It was, um, there's the thrill of just jumping and you're, and you're flying through the air and that's fun. But I think there's also the thrill of you're testing to see if your dad will catch you, mm. you know? And so they, one of them just walked in. And <laughs> so that's, that's the joy of, of being a kid is you jump and, and your dad catches you. And I think that's what, in a way, that's what God does. And that's kind of what that principle of progressive overload is, is we get to gradually move up the stairs and jump off and God will always catch us. You know, God, God is the perfect father. He'll catch us. And we can put our trust in him, but, but none of my kids went to the very top of the steps the first time and jumped off. Sure. They started low and they, they would gradually mm-hmm. move up. So I think that's that's kind of how our faith works. Our faith is works like a muscle. Our muscles don't get stronger when we work out. Our muscles actually get broken down and then they rebuild to get stronger. And our faith kind of works the same way. I don't think we have to tear it down, but I think we have to exercise it. We have to test it. And then as we as we see that God is faithful and that God is good and he loves us, it only causes our faith to get stronger. And stronger and then as he asks us to do more and more we can trust him with bigger and bigger things okay i want to unpack this because we know your backstory you moved overseas and so for somebody who's listening like okay so how does that happen so that was a faith stretcher can i trust god with my four kids and my wife 
But then, like I said, we know your backstory. You sent one of your kids back to the U.S. while the rest of the Garrick family are in Portugal. To me, that really illustrates this resistance. What do you call it? Progressive overload. Like it, you've you've gotten 13 years of faith building living in this country. It was a faith stretcher to send your oldest back to the States away from your home, right? And you're getting ready to do that again. So to me, that's like this really practical illustration. Am I missing that? Or is that that idea of progressive overload? No, I think that's perfect. I think there's, I mean, another, and it kind of leads into another principle of fitness is it's called variation. And so it's the idea that you can only get so strong if you do the same exercise over and over. You have to eventually change and do something different. You have to work your muscles in a different way. Mm. So um, it's one thing to move overseas with your kid. Yeah. It's another thing to send your kid back by himself. And, yeah. And so that's, but I don't know that I would have had this faith to to do that had I not been here with him and seen God be faithful for the yeah. last 12, you know, 13 years, however long he was here with us. Uh-huh. Um, and so now it's just, God's built our faith to know this is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's easy or comfortable or that we like it all the time, but it means we can trust him. And not only for, for us, but for our, our oldest as well. When he went to college, he knew this is not going to be easy, but I'm going to be okay. Yeah. How have you seen God trust or expand your faith by sending your oldest to a different continent? I mean, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, you're, you're just trying to make me cry on the podcast. That's all I can do. <laughs> and no, I mean, I think just like I was mentioning, God has shown multiple ways that this is the best place for us to raise them. doesn't mm-hmm. mean for everybody, but for our family, this was the best place to raise our kids. Yeah. And all of the things that he needed to know to transition to college and to, to do well living on his own he was forced to learn just by growing up over here. Mm-hmm. He just had to. So being, being new or being different, well, he's, he's done that. And <laughs> having to initiate relationships, he's done that. Having to figure out his faith and how to get involved in a community when that may not be the most easiest or accessible thing, he's, he's done that. Seeking out people from a different generation, older people to, to help him having conversations with adults, having to advocate for himself. He's had to do all of those things Yeah. just by the fact of, of growing up overseas and yeah, having a different passport and knowing that his path looked different from his, from most of his friends. He's had to work through a lot of things that his friends didn't have to, but all of that was in preparation for him to, to transition well and to live well back in the States. So mm-hmm. there's, I see the wisdom of God in in all of that in helping him, helping him navigate that while he was still at the house, still Mm -hmm. with us. So he could do the majority of it by himself. But if he had a question, we were, we were still there to where now he doesn't really have that many questions. (laughs) Yeah. And as much as it pains me to say that he's, he's got a lot of it figured out. Yeah. At a pretty young age. So, so yeah, God has, God has over and above shown um, the wisdom of, of us being here, not just for us actually being here, but for, for what's to come in our lives and in our, our kids' lives as well. I don't know if you talk about this in the study guide, but 
I like what you're saying because a lot of times my faith has grown, not what I'm going through, but watching my kids. I now have three adult children. <laughs> we do. And when they're experiencing something hard, boy, I want to take that on and I want to try to fix or I want. And God's like, girl, <laughs> This is their faith and they've got to walk through these things. So as I let go, part of my spiritual fitness is to let go, let them walk mm -hmm. through their own faith. But then in turn, it actually strengthens my faith. You know, when I'm sad that they're not making a good choice or when I see them making a good choice, all those things, they just, God's so good. He wants me to know he knows me and my struggle and he wants my kids to know. He knows them in the struggle. Yeah, it's so multifaceted. Well, I I, I think about the illustration you gave of, of the stairs and your, your children would take a step up or two and then jump off in your arms. And I see where God is, is doing that with me and my own spiritual fitness as my daughters have become adults. And this is what I've done, though. I, in my brain, I've gone to the top step already. And so, but God, this is really high. How's this going to work out? And he said, I didn't ask you to go to the top of the, the steps yet, top of the stairs. I asked you to take a couple of steps and then jump off and trust me with that, with my daughters, that is. It's, it's, it's challenged me greatly. I have not seen it as spiritual fitness, but it is. Yeah, I think for me, it just helps thinking in that terms because it helps me make more sense of what God might be doing in my life. Mm -hmm. So it helps me frame... Framing in the sense to where it's not just God putting challenges or obstacles in my in my life, but it's God saying, I have a purpose and I want you to grow in faith. And so I'm going to use this as a way to help you become the person I want you to be, help your faith get stronger. Mm. And so it's it's training. I mean, it really is. It's not it's not comfortable, but you know, we we hear it over and over in the Bible. Paul uses the illustration of training and, and running and how it's uncomfortable for a time, but it's it's for a purpose. There's a purpose behind it. Michael, how many steps are there in the physical assessment or the spiritual assessment? You said uh, resistance overload and variation. Mm -hmm. So I have, I think, seven, seven principles. It goes from the first one is start before you're ready. Maximize your functional capacity, which is just a fancy way of saying know what you what you're trying to get, what you're trying to do. Mm. Uh, Progressive overload, variation. We talked about those a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, rest is one of them. And then uh, your nutrition, both mm. the quality and the quantity of what you're eating, and then community. And so those are those are the the principles that I've kind of tacked on and used as a springboard to to spiritual fitness. Mm -hmm. And they overlap, you know, and there's they're not in isolation. And and the goal, like you said, Chris, is not to create a, a checklist or be legalistic, legalistic, but just to have maybe just a different angle to look at our faith, mm -hmm. and which might be helpful for some people to say, this might be what God's doing in my life right now. And it kind of makes more sense looking at it that way. Well, and for people who aren't familiar with your background too, I mean, Michael, you are very fit. You and Christy, I would say lead healthy lifestyles, what you're putting in your body, but then your spiritual fitness too. So it's not like they're making a reality show of you just eating bags and bags of chips on your couch and you're not doing anything with your physical health. So I like how when I've read through the, the study guide, it to me, it doesn't speak legalism. Like you said, Chris, we could take it, but it's about disciplines and disciplines are good. Prayer is a discipline. If we neglect it, it's 
not going to probably end very well. So I like the whole, there's a lot of disciplines that I can hang my hat on. It doesn't feel legalistic. Anything else? Well, one thing that comes to my mind, this is a rhetorical question, but I'll ask it anyway. (laughs) How well as a, okay, a fitness trainer, how well does it go if you force someone to become physically fit or try to, (laughs) how does that work out? Well, yeah, you you can't do that. Can you for like a week or two, maybe? No. Uh, I mean, you could, you can force somebody to work out. You can force someone to exercise, but it's, it's not enjoyable for, for the person doing it or the coach. And it's not, it's not a, not a healthy approach. I'll say it's not a healthy approach to fitness. Right. And, and I know that, but it makes me think of, you, we can't force anyone to be spiritually fit either. Mm-hmm. So I can tell someone you need to do this, this, and this. And that will improve and change your relationship with God and you're good to go. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. It, it, it requires me to really look inside of me and go, I'm not, things don't end with Chris Elledge. It doesn't matter how much education, how many talents, abilities I have, how much experience. I am not God and I need him more than I even realize. And so those things like that motivate me and, and give me a desire to know God more. And so to, to look at my spiritual fitness, but it doesn't work. Tell someone to go to church, tell someone to read their Bible, to memorize scripture, to, again, that to-do list. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't work. It has to, it begins with a heart change. Is that fair to say? I, yeah, I think for sure. And there's, there's ways that you could, that you could appear to be physically fit when really you're not, you know, I think mm-hmm. you talked about that a little bit, Chris, last time. And the same thing spiritually, you can make a checklist of all the things that you need to do and check it off, read your Bible, pray, go to church. You can do all those things and, you know, look a certain way, look fit, but, but you're really not healthy because your, your heart's, your heart's far from God, like you were saying. So it starts with really, really evaluating your motives, figuring out what, what you want to do and, and why and starting there. Okay. We're going to give information if people want to get a hold of you, but I like this first paragraph where you talk about the objective of the Christian life is to become more and more like Jesus. And then you said it manifests itself most clearly and simply through a growing love and adoration for God in every aspect of your life. And that's what the spiritual fitness guide is to help people really examine every aspect, how the physical affects the spiritual. If somebody's listening and they're like, okay, I think I could do this. I think I need some information. How do they get in contact with you? So they could either reach me by uh, probably by email is the best. Michael Garrick at gmail.com.com. I don't know if I'm speaking Portuguese or English. That's Portuguese. Yeah. So so that's probably the easiest way to do it. And I think I also have a Fahrenheit, part of Fahrenheit mentoring. So my information is on the Fahrenheit website as well. Okay. Well, in the transcript, we'll get, if you're listening and you're like, Ooh, I want to know more, we'll give you information to contact Michael. Michael, what's a parting thought? Do you have something, Chris? You had a look on your face, like maybe you had a parting thought. No, I'm I'm just processing. I understand physical fitness and I think I understand spiritual fitness, but not as much as you've stirred some things in me. Mm. Yeah. So I don't like that. Thank you very much. No, I actually do (laughs) like it. It's good to be stirred. But I tell you what, those steps, that, that illustration really speaks to me because I'm afraid of heights left to myself. Had I been your son, which was not possible, <laughs> you would not have taught me because I would not have gone up and jumped from the highest spot I could. Yeah. You would have said, get up there and go a few steps anyway. Yeah. So 
it challenges me. Well, this is such a silly example, but our oldest now has two foster kids and the six-year-old, he's precious. He is, they both are precious, but yesterday we're eating at, you know, Easter meal, whatever. And he's sitting next to me, he's drinking his milk and he loves milk. And he said, you know what? It makes your muscles strong. Mm -hmm. So pause there. Last July, I've started on this journey, right? Of working out, setting some disciplines. I've lost 60 pounds. I've gone to the gym. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. (laughs) John touches my arm and he was like, grandma, you need to drink some milk. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) so for a brief seconds, I panicked and thought, oh no. But then I remembered, okay, I'm I'm being actively you know, I'm pursuing health. The six-year-old does see flab on my arm, but I'm working at it. (laughs) Kind of sums up what we've been talking about. (laughs) So right after we're done, I'm going to the gym. Yeah. (laughs) Well, wrap us up, Michael. What's, what's a parting thought? Parting thought. I think it's just the fact that God, God desires to walk with us and deepen our faith. Mm -hmm. Desires our faith to grow stronger, desires us to to know him more, to fall more in love with him every day. And that's a process and that's okay. We all start where we start, but the goal is to just to keep moving forward. So I love that. Good. Anything well, else? I have a parting thought then. Okay. No, I think about when I first started going to the gym and I, you know, I was not in shape at all and I didn't know how to use the machines. This is years ago. And I felt intimidated going in there and I felt like everyone was watching me, watching me how ignorant I was and knowing how to become physically fit. And uh, it just wasn't a good experience. And I am thankful that God that I know personally doesn't look at me and judge me for my my efforts. You know, I can go, well, God, I'm doing this. He goes, I know that your heart's in the right place. And tomorrow's a new day. Let's try something else and let's take take it another step further. And so that greatly encourages me as I, I don't want to say strive. That's the wrong word. As I move forward in my, my spiritual fitness with God. Okay, Michael, thanks for your time. And we're going to leave the information that you can get a hold of Michael. You can also look at Fahrenheit Real Life Mentoring website. His information is on that as well. So we hope today that as you've listened to spiritual fitness, how the physical and the spiritual work together. I love what you said, Michael, at the end of the day, God wants to know us and he's always going to show himself to us. So Michael, thank you so much for for talking today. Thank you all. We want to thank you as always for listening. If today was helpful, if something that you listened to was helpful, we would really love it if you would go to Apple or Spotify, leave us a review, download, subscribe, and for all things related to podcast, if you'd like to give a financial contribution to help us continuing bringing this sort of broadcasting to you, just go to FahrenheitMentoring.org. Hi, this is Chris Corral, producer of the Fahrenheit Real Life Mentoring Podcast. This podcast is produced through a partnership with the Confetti Corral Boutique and Michelle Corral Realtor. To find out more about these businesses who support our vision and ministry, go to confetticorral.com or find them on Facebook.